next on the 5 o'clock report. We can see big plumes of smoke. I can't see that, but there's a woman here. A little boy is here. No negotiations. This is a turning point. We will not stop. We got every penny possible. It was extremely disruptive. Now, let's go to the newsroom. Going into Gaza. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. After weeks of battering Hamas positions throughout the Gaza Strip, Israel has stepped up its presence in the Hamas hotbed. Fox correspondent Mike Tobin. From our vantage point here, we can see big plumes of smoke uh, uh, come up when the uh, Israeli aircraft have struck targets or bomb targets inside of the Gaza Strip. Smaller plumes of smoke when the ground operations are uh, active. Those Israeli strikes have come at a steep civilian cost to Palestinians in Gaza. This CBS News producer witnessed the carnage. Massive airstrike hits this house. I can see that there's a woman here, a little boy is here, and others are looking for more victims. The lives of more than 200 Hamas hostages held there also hang in the balance. But this Israeli dad who lost a daughter in the October 7th Hamas attack says priority one has to be wiping Hamas out. I hope that our forces will go in and find all of the hostages, bring them back with no negotiations. Anyone that's in Gaza now is associated with Hamas. We will take Gaza down. Gaza will not be the same. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. This is a turning point, a turning point for leaders and nations. It is time for all of us to decide if we are willing to fight for a future of hope and promise or surrender to tyranny and terror. Now rest assured, Israel will fight. U.S. forces are growing in the region amid fears the conflict might expand. Retired four-star General Jack Keane says Iran is behind the war with two big objectives in mind. One is to drive the United States military out of the Middle East, and that is why they've been pounding us for years, and two, destroy the state of Israel. The overall death toll in the Middle East conflict so far tops 9,000. Buried beneath the Middle East, headlines Russia's invasion of Ukraine, on Ukrainian U.S. Ambassador Oksana Markarova. We will not stop. We will not surrender or stop defending our country. She spoke at an event in Kentucky. The White House says while Russia has stymied a months-long Ukrainian counteroffensive to some degree, its forces are also growing exceedingly desperate. Our other big news story today, a green light in the nationwide auto strike. The six-week-old strike by United Auto Workers Union is over. The union reaching a tentative deal with GM following similar deals with Stellantis and Ford. UAW President Sean Fain. We truly believe that we got every penny possible out of this company. We left nothing on the table. LMC automotive analyst Jeff Schuster. It was extremely disruptive, uh, obviously costly to the automakers, um, but I think the good news is those plants that were on strike are going back to work. The new deals include boosts in wages and benefits, reducing an eight-year path to top wages to just three years, and allowing the right to strike over any plant closures. A memorial service in Maine for those slain by gunman Robert Card last week. This woman's uncle was among those killed. Tonight was so beautiful. Like the church, the interpreter, the deaf community, like everyone was there. It just like it felt like love there. Card was found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound Friday night. Shaken up in the Caribbean. Panic on the island of Jamaica. People ran from buildings as they began to shake when a 5.4 magnitude earthquake hit about two miles northwest of Hope Bay. So far, no reports of damage.
damage or injuries. CBS's Deborah Rodriguez. Tech News, Google's CEO set to testify in one of the biggest antitrust trials in decades. What the government needs to prove is that Google illegally ran its business in a way that made sure it was the top search engine for people to see. And that isn't as easy to prove as it sounds. Tech expert Ian Shure. Health News Now, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Studies show an alarming increase in the number of cases among women under age 50. Anything I would get across today, it's that people need to be sharing family history with each other. You know, we all know family members who are strange, they're not on speaking terms, maybe they're a little shy about sharing those personal medical details, but that information can be life-saving. That's how doctors know what extra tests to be getting. Dr. Celine Gounder, pharmacy employees at CVS and Walgreens stores beginning a walkout today. Some staff starting that three-day strike to demand better working conditions and to hire more people. Organizers are calling it Farmageddon, and it's the third strike by pharmacists in just over a month. Finally, we celebrate today the small tricolored pyramid-shaped candy that was once called chicken feed. It was created in 1898 in America and morphed over the years into what we now know as candy corn. And Americans love it, eating 35 million pounds of it every year. AlwaysTheTreat.com says 51% of us eat them whole. That's the right way. 31% eat the tip and 18% start at the bottom and work their way up. I'm Bree Tennis. I like to nibble from the top down. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report concerning threats on a Finger Lakes campus, a trial date set for a high-profile attack in western New York, and pursuing elk in Pennsylvania. You're bundling up, heading out and about these next couple days and nights. That chill over the warm lakes, that means lake effect. Lake effect showers of rain and snow. Do expect some minor accumulations across hilltops and grassy areas through the western Twin Tiers region. Mostly cloudy. Scattered rain showers transitioning to snow showers, low temperatures, upper 20s to mid-30s. For your Tuesday, a mix of sun and clouds in central and eastern Pennsylvania. Cloudier elsewhere with scattered rain and snow showers, highs in the 40s. Ah, thank you very much, Kevin. Now, checking the stories, making news where you live, across New York and Pennsylvania. American college and university campuses have been echoing with the sounds of protests in recent weeks, many of them pro-Palestinian, anti-Israeli protests. One in the listing area that's been grabbing national attention is Cornell University in Ithaca. It started with these comments recently by Cornell Associate History Professor Russell Rickford at such a gathering where he seemed to condone the Hamas attack on Israel. He's since gone on a leave of absence, and now comes new concern at Cornell, this time about online anti-Semitic threats. We get that story from Family Life's Jeremy Miller. The posts included threats to shoot Jewish students at the building that houses their kosher dining hall and encouraging others to harm Jews. The threats come just days after several campus sidewalks were vandalized with anti-Israel graffiti. University police are investigating, and the FBI has been notified of a potential hate crime. The Anti-Defamation League says anti-Semitic incidents in the U.S. increased by nearly 400 percent since the October 7th Hamas terror attacks. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. Thank you, Jeremy. Trial date's been set for the man accused of attacking Satanic Verses author Salman Rushdie. That story from Family Life's Bob Price. Yeah, Mark, the case against Hadi Matar will start January 8th in western New York, and Rushdie will be called to be a witness. The author was preparing to give a lecture at the Chautauqua Institution in Mayville last year when he was brutally stabbed over a dozen times in his neck, stomach, eye, and chest. 
Batar became a jihadist following a trip to the Middle East five years ago. Rushdie has had a bounty on his head ever since publishing the Satanic Verses in 1988. Some Muslims consider it blasphemous because of its depiction of the Prophet Muhammad. Bob Price, Family Life News. All right, thank you, Bob. The numbers are in. They show over 7,000 people have already taken part in early, early voting in Erie County, New York. The early voting period began statewide. Saturday runs through November 5th. Also in election news, Monroe County, New York, taking action to make sure people can find out the results of upcoming elections as soon as possible. Among the changes that have been made already involve the location of where the votes will be tallied and published. Last year, connectivity problems with the county's website led to results being delayed for several hours. So far, though, early voting has gone smoothly. And again, that continues through November 5th in New York State. A New York State lawmaker wants to ground drone flights over schools and other sensitive sites. I knew a little bit about it because my son had a drone. There are some restrictions on this, clearly not enough. Democratic Assemblywoman Patricia Fay says unmanned aerial devices like drones should not be allowed to hover over schools or other critical infrastructure. Right now, there are no restrictions when you're under 400 feet. Over 400 feet, that is regulated by the FAA. Local municipalities can adopt their own drone use regulations, but there is no statewide ban under that 400-foot level. Jody Monroe is superintendent of the Bethlehem School District in the Capital Region, concerned about drone use there, violating student privacy. The use of drones in aerial photography without authorization is an invasion of that privacy. If signed into law, this legislation will give schools a level of protection that does not currently exist. Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple. We need to do a better job at regulating these drones. They're everywhere. And we need to protect our infrastructure, especially our most valuable and vulnerable infrastructure, our kids. A drone was spotted recently flying over an elementary school in the Albany area. Pennsylvania politicians are pushing for red flag laws that would allow cops to apprehend weapons for ever anyone deemed to be a threat to themselves or others. Adam Garber is executive director of Ceasefire PA. Every day that goes by, unfortunately, means we're risking a horrific mass shooting. Garber says red flag laws could have prevented the massacre that happened in Maine last week. Pennsylvania Republicans, however, call the effort to reduce gun violence a violation of the Second Amendment. It is an insult, an insult to the founding of our Commonwealth and its principles. PA lawmakers will debate the proposed red flag law in Harrisburg this afternoon. The man who has been the first Latino to be Secretary of Environmental Protection in Pennsylvania has stepped down. Rich Negrin cited health reasons for the move. State officials say he's on medical leave until December 8th, which is when his resignation takes effect. Jessica Shirley, the agency's executive deputy secretary, has been named interim acting secretary. Now, today marks the beginning of Pennsylvania's annual elk hunting season. We get that story from Family Life's Brian Query. Residents of Pennsylvania who have secured an elk license now have the chance to take advantage of the opportunity. General elk season opens today and continues through Saturday, November 4th. According to the Pennsylvania Game Commission, 144 elk hunting licenses have been allotted for this season, split up between archery in September, general, and late season, which begins December 30th. The Game Commission says that last year, hunters harvested a total of 100 31 elk across all three seasons. 
Brian Query, Family Life News. Uh, thank you, Brian. And finally, this quick sports note for you. They call him Playoff Larry ahead of tomorrow's NFL trade deadline. The Buffalo Bills, down a running back due to injury, one of several they've had, have signed veteran ball carrier Leonard Fournette to their practice squad. He most recently played for Tampa Bay and earned his nickname there in the Bucks' run-up to a Super Bowl 55 win, racking up four touchdowns and over 400 yards rushing, including 135 yards against the Kansas City Chiefs in the big game. Your nightly market report is up next, brought to you by Ambassador Advisors. Here's Family Life's Dave Margolotti. Stocks are up today following last week's loss. The Federal Reserve expected to release interest rate decisions on Wednesday, and some of the largest companies are also expected to release their earnings throughout the week. Pfizer, JetBlue, Advanced Micro Devices, and many more companies are expected to come out with earnings on Tuesday. General Motors almost reached a deal with the United Auto Workers, but instead Stellantis reached a deal over the weekend with the UAW to end a six-week-long strike. The UAW expanding its strike against GM to an assembly plant in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Pharmacy workers at Walgreens, CVS, and other retail pharmacies are planning to temporarily walk out between Monday and Wednesday as pharmacists and technicians feel overworked. The White House issuing its first-ever executive order aimed at artificial intelligence, addressing privacy, bias accusations, and labor health care protections. Crude oil today closing above $82 a barrel. The Dow gaining 511 points, the Nasdaq was up 146, and the S&P 500 gained 49. Ambassador Advisors is a Christian financial planning firm helping faithful stewards do more. Online at AmbassadorAdvisors.com. Thank you very much, Dave. This is the 5 o'clock report on Family Life. Always remember two critical truths about money and possessions. Hi, I'm Rob West with today's Faith and Finance Minute. My friend Howard Dayton writes about them in an article at faithfi.com. First, we will leave it all behind. As the Apostle Paul put it, we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. The second truth is everything will be destroyed. The Apostle Peter says that someday the earth will be laid bare. Knowing that we can't take things with us and that they will all be destroyed eventually anyway helps us keep money and possessions in perspective. They're here today and gone tomorrow. But scripture tells us something else too, that Jesus Christ is the true treasure and that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can help you learn to manage your money according to biblical principles when you download the free FaithFi app. You'll find it on our website at faithfi.com. All righty, coming up on the 5 o'clock report, not everybody knew they were just kidding. Wait a minute, something's happening. Pump shakers rising out of the pit. It strikes him head on. The logs are turning into flames. Ah! Oh, he is caught up by the woods of Farsley. Here is your Family Life Regional Weather Forecast. Some scattered showers and then snow flurries for some with low temperatures in the upper 20s to mid-30s. But tomorrow, we expect sunny clouds in a mix in central and eastern Pennsylvania. Elsewhere, more in the way of clouds and a few scattered showers and snow flurries. Late tonight, tomorrow morning, fresh coating of snow on the grass across the western Twin Tiers. Temperatures peak in the 40s tomorrow. Variable cloudiness on Wednesday, showers and snow flurries and highs in the 40s. Thank you very much, Kevin. Finally at 5, 85 years ago tonight. The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. 
The power of radio was on full display this night in 1938 as the Columbia Broadcasting System presented a one-hour drama based on the H.G. Wells sci-fi classic about a Martian invasion of Earth. Problem was, many tuning in late missed the disclaimer that War of the Worlds was merely a drama meant to entertain, leading to real-life panic in many communities, the illusion enhanced by the lack of regular commercial breaks during the broadcast. The confusion led to public and media outrage, leading to calls also for better regulation by the relatively new at the time Federal Communications Commission, or FCC. However, the War of the Worlds was an unqualified win for the show's director and narrator, famed actor Orson Welles, who, by the way, spent a very formative summer as a child at an art colony in Wyoming County, New York. Did not know that. That's the world we live in for Monday, October 30th, 2023. Thank you again for joining us. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News.